So this podcast is strictly geared towards the blood lab. What exactly went wrong? Why are a lot of us out of blood now? And what are patients going to do with their options? As you're aware, I am well rehearsed and well uh, 10 years now in the field of medicine. And I can tell you with full contrast what exactly has happened without any kind of deceit on my part or misinformation on my part. So pretty much as we communicated on the earlier podcast, we're having problems with blood. How do we track it? What lab do we trust? What happens to the patient's information? And I don't mean HIPAA privacy. I mean, what happens to the patient's accurate blood tracking information? Does it get sent back to the physician's office in time? Is it in a timely manner? Is it under the right premise for what they promised? And does the rep have then control of that um, situation? And the truth is they don't. And it makes us look weak. It makes us look like an amateur. And you have hundreds of millions of dollars invested into these services. And it's wrong that the rep has to take the fall for this. But as a professional, that is our job. Whether you're a rep or a regional sales manager or now a medical sales practice owner, it's important to understand that never make a practice feel that the liability is on them because they're trusting you with the service. They are trusting you with transparency and with communication and with results. At the end of the day, whether you're friends, whether you're colleagues, whether they're just an associate of theirs, they expect results. And that is what separates one professional from the next. So let's get into it right now. We had about 75 blood accounts. Always it starts at zero and you build upwards as you have uh, a better tracking system, you have more things that are gonna be transparent to the practice, people start to really trust you and invest in you. So they start to give you blood, they start to give you accounts that typically LabCorp and Quest would hold on to. Well, when the lab stops communicating, it could be many variations. And when we find out the truth, it is very upsetting because there's not much that we can do. When you're thinking about a multi, uh, God, I think this one lab was worth almost $200 million. You're thinking that they're hiring the best, the brightest, the most accelerated, but yes, to run your tests when they need to be run against a blood negative or a blood positive. But when you're talking about who handles the requests, who handles the adjudication and all that processing information, it's somebody that's paid 10 to $12 an hour. And they typically do not have any kind of degree of study or education into this component of medicine. And it's a sad situation because I'm aware of the pay pay wage and it can't be too high. Otherwise then we're gonna have to have certain accountability. But for somebody to be handling my information with my patients, with my practices, and at that kind of volume, I don't want to have to pay for their mistakes. And they won't tell you when you call up, they'll just say, Lauren or Tony um, is in charge or manager of the lab, but Tony and Lauren aren't even in the same spaces. When you have a lab manager, they're typically not even in the same lab. They're typically um, a, a central to the actual location or the headquarters. So you have so many layers of what they would call it in, in lapse of communication. And when you finally get an answer, it's about three weeks too late and you don't know who to blame. All you know is you're supposed to deliver the results at this time. The bill is supposed to be at this level or this range for the patient. And now we don't know. 
So we had to start looking at, well, what options really do exist to keep this alive uh, for the practice? Because they need, they need something. You can't just draw blood and then keep it. You have to be able to send it somewhere and get it tested. It's just that simple. But then you started to have physicians try to trick you and they would want to know outright information such as, you know, Alex, can you tell me what the typical cost is going to be for a patient on this test? Trick question, because you can't say anything that you don't know the answer to, uh, even if it's to make yourself look honorable, whatever it is, never do it because no test, and I mean no test that's ever done on a patient unless it's out-of-pocket option, is going to be known for cost. You have so many different types of insurance. You have so many different layers of insurance, so many different coverage levels, um, and it goes on and on and on. So what you communicate to that physician practice is, look, I'm going to guarantee that I can be transparent with you and that when testing gets put through, we're going to be a team on this and you're going to get the information that you request. But in terms of billing, the lab handles the billing and they confirm with the insurance company. If the insurance company charges the patient too much, then that means they might be needing to look for a new insurer or we might be needing to do different testing for that patient until things can be adjusted. But uh, we get hit with a lot of federal changes and it's quite annoying. There's nothing I can do um, as a practice owner or as a medical sales rep myself to change that outcome. Like when Medicaid or Medicare has a change that's federal, I can't do anything. There's nothing, there's nobody that I can call to get that adjustment made. It's federal, it's out of your hands. And if the doctor has to deal with the, the issues of it, that's, not, that's on them, that's not on us. So we moved out of the blood world because of that. We have now moved um, into what I will call uh, really great testing. And, and really great reasoning for staying in medical sales to help the patient. And that'll be my next podcast.